Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. I wouldn't say we fell in love right away. I think we were, as they call it in the biz, trauma bonding. And then after eight years of being insufferably sober, I started drinking again. Addicts tend to be rather sensitive people. Aren't you Mark Maron? I'm like, yeah. And she goes, what happened to you? Hi, this is Anna David. You're listening to Recover Girl. It's a podcast all about addiction and recovery and other delightful topics that a lot of people don't want to talk about, but we do. In fact, it's sort of my mission. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I hope you like it. Uh, if you really like it, why don't you go give a review and subscribe? I, it's it's considered bad marketing, by the way, to ask for something before you've given anything. So if I were the sort of person who started again or edited things out of the episode, I would have edited that out, but I'm not. So I'm going to keep going. And I'm going to tell you that it's sort of become my mission to help people share their stories about recovery, about those things that they would rather keep inside instinctively. And then they find great freedom when they do start sharing these stories. It is my firm belief that we are all in recovery from something and we all have stories to tell. So if you are interested in having me help you tell your story, uh, definitely go to AnnaDavidCoaching.com and sign up. You will get a freebie from me and you'll get regular missives, interviews with writers and invitations to my webinars and coaching programs and all of that. Now, if you're a regular listener, you know that typically and for years I have been releasing interviews with sober people. Uh, you know, one-on-one interviews done in my office or my living room or wherever else. And now I've started releasing some new things and that is Facebook live interviews that I'm doing. I do these interviews every Tuesday at four o'clock Pacific Standard Time. And I decided you reach people through all sorts of ways. Not everybody wants to sit and watch a Facebook live interview. Frankly, I probably don't myself, but I do like to listen to things. So I started to strip the audio and make them into episodes. And this episode is from a woman that everybody in the recovery world knows. Uh, Her name is Dawn Nickel. She is amazing. She started, she just started a Facebook page called She Recovers. And she watched that Facebook page go absolutely crazy and become hundreds of thousands of likes. She never did anything. She just, you know, to sell likes or to get people to sign up, they, she just posted. She posted a lot. She posted other people's content. I met her because she started posting my stories on there. And I thought, who is this woman? She is so lovely and so influential. And we became friends from there. Now She Recovers has blossomed into a huge corporation. They do retreats and workshops and they have coaches and um, they they sell products. They did a huge event in New York last year that Marianne Williamson spoke at. And 
Yeah. And, and Dawn runs She Recovers with her lovely daughter, Taryn Strong, who uh, is one of the leaders in the yoga for recovery movement. So that's all I've got to say. Please understand the sound is not going to be as good as it normally is simply because this was done over Facebook Live. So if you're a sna- sound snob, this is a great opportunity to work on your de- character defect of sn- sound snobbery. With that, I give you Don Nickel. Hi. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Dawn Nickel. Does that work? That's Dawn Nickel. You guys know her. She is the doyenne of She Recovers. The page. Yes. Have you been described as a doyenne before? I've never been. No, I've been called a lot of things, but never a doyenne. Add that to your resume, Miss John Nichols. So in case you actually are not living on this planet and you don't know what She Recovers is, the domain is handily right there, but you surely know about the Facebook page. Hi, you're probably here from the Facebook page. And if you are watching, what you need to know is you can talk to us. If you ask questions, if you want to tell John how awesome she is, um, look, Nathan, Nathan already, thank you, Nathan. Nathan just wrote a comment and I want you all to know that you can do that too. And that it just, that just made me so happy. So please talk to us basically what I'm going to be doing. So I'm Anna David. If you don't know me and you came over from, um, from John, John and I have known each other probably three years now. Um, uh, yeah. and Robin Ledger knows that Don is awesome. Hi, um, Robin. So I'm a I'm a I'm an author. I'm a New York Times bestselling author of six books. Um, I go on TV, talk about addiction. A lot of my work is about addiction and recovery. I'm sober. Dawn and I are sober almost the same amount of time, even though her sobriety date's a little more. Conf- she's a longer answer to how long she's sober. Um, yeah, depends what we're talking about. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so we were talking about it before, and I go so so Dawn, what you the I came to know you because you started this page. And out to me, out of nowhere, suddenly it became the most influential page about addiction and recovery. Hi, Jolene. Hi, Elena. And what you st- you just one day did me a serious solid, and you started posting the stories I was writing on After Party on the She Recovers page. I didn't know you. You just started saying, oh, this these girls' stories are good. You should. And, and suddenly our Facebook page went from, you know, 2,000 likes to 10,000. And, um, and so, okay, and actually, we're already getting questions from Michael. I want to go back to that question, but 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 I just want to say, so I reached out to you, and I said, I don't know who you are, but I'm what are you dead. doing? Let's change the world together. Do you remember we had that? I, do. I remember you said, oh, my gosh, I can't believe, like, you're, I really want to talk to you because you're just obviously such an influencer, and I remember going, what's an influencer? <laughs> I've never heard the term before. Um, so, yeah, I really appreciate it. I, I always appreciate, we really appreciate being able to share good content so from the from the beginning since I've known you through all of your different endeavors and projects we've been really happy to be able to share what you're doing because you do such great stuff I'm just checking on my phone yeah to see that we are actually live on she recovers on my Facebook page which and I don't know how technology does this but we are but we are like this is for real are commenting um so so I want to get uh, into uh, your story about how basically you decided um, you were you were a self-confessed workaholic, mm-hmm. decided to kind of chill out for a little while, go to yeah. Facebook to start like sharing about your recovery, and then what happens? 
Yeah, well, I guess, I mean, I I was a workaholic. I hit the wall with workaholism. I ended up on a, on a leave for four months, and I started blogging. I actually blogged. I had a blog called Recovering Dawn for four months, but then I had to go back to work. And recognizing that workaholism meant, or recovering from workaholism meant that I couldn't work all day and blog all night, um, I switched over to this platform called Facebook in 2011. And at the time, I'd been, I'd signed up for Facebook for a couple, you know, for a few years earlier, I believe, but I had no idea. I, I wasn't doing anything on it ever. And I just remember calling my daughter, Taryn, who we'll talk about, and I know who you know, of course, yeah. and saying, like, I think I want to switch over to this Facebook thing. So you can come, come over, and she explained the difference to me between a Facebook group and a Facebook page and an account and a, and a fan page. And we set it up. And I just did the same thing that I've been doing on my blog, which was really talking about how, regardless of what it is we're recovering from, that there's kind of there's a similar journey. It's a journey, you know, that kind of starts off with an awareness that something's got to give, baby. You know, we've got to do something different. And then we uh, hopefully have the pleasure and the option of exploring all sorts of different alternative ways in order to recover. And we find a supportive group of people who can hang out with us while we do it. Oh, hi, Ryan. There's Ryan. Oh, look what I just figured out how to do. What did uh, you do? Oh, you I, made him big. Ryan's comment on the thing. So since Ryan, who's my BFF, and told me all about Be Live, he deserves to have his cute little face right there. He really uh, does. But look, we can show Nathan. And sorry, don't even get me going. We can show Elena. Look at you guys. Okay, I'm going to now do this every, every time a comment comes in. So isn't that good incentive? Um, so, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, oh, uh, it's almost too exciting to even have a conversation. Oh my God, Casey! Look, oh, so cool. So, <laughs> okay, so um, I and what happened? How did you start a Facebook yeah. page, not even knowing what Facebook was, and suddenly it became? I mean, how many how many likes do you have now? Uh, Two hundred sixty three thousand. But I remember in twenty eleven when I switched over in, in about June of twenty eleven, my goal was to have something like a thousand. Right. by the end of the year and I had like a thousand within a couple of months and that kind of freaked me out and then my goal was to have 10,000 and that happened really quickly as well so and all all honestly the way that people ask this a lot especially people with Facebook pages and they want to know how do you do that and I have to tell you that the secret of our success at least the secret of the sides of our success is that we have always shared and shared and shared people and people's good works and people's good pages and their blogs and their Facebook pages and their podcasts. It's all about, you know, sharing the wealth and um, sharing the great content that is out there. And in return, people share you back. I think that that's been a piece of it. But we've always really believed. I know that, you know, and some people, and, and I've heard this because people have told me this, they're kind of very protective of their own little Facebook pages. And they're kind of like they only post their own stuff. And whatever works for you, I think that that's great. But for us, I happen to know that the secret of our success is that we were really generous with our shares people shared us back. And because we were sharing such great content, people come there. I mean, I know women who, I mean, I know them by name. I haven't met them, but I've known them for four and five years. And they're like sisters to me because they've been on the page and I see them every day. And they've emailed and talked to me about things. And like, they literally, they come to this page, they come to our page every day just to see what we're doing. Like, they don't even, like, they'll go through everything that we've posted in a day because they know that they're going to find all sorts of good things that we're sharing. And again, like, the majority of the stuff that we share is from other pages. We don't have a lot of time, especially right now, Taryn and I, to create our own content. Even doing those pretty little memes. I mean, it takes 20 minutes to do one properly. Right. Um, we don't have lots of 20 minutes in our life. So, 
Hi, Leanna. Well, and I can recover coaches. Oh, she is. Hi, Leanna. We're going to talk about the coaching. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. And I can attest, you know, as the recipient of, of your generosity, because it was weird because usually, you know, you know, because it's not like it's a it's a sort of tit for tat, but it, you don't often stumble across people who just generously share your stuff. Ryan is someone who constantly is sharing other people's stuff. Yeah. And he's also become extremely popular. It's it's, it's not unlike um, service. This idea that the more you help other people, the more yeah. you're going to get back. I really, I think it is. And I, yeah. And again, it's, you know, I know it just comes down to timing and the having time and not having time for, you know, some people, they just have, don't have a lot of time. So they post the one thing that they create for their Facebook page that day or every couple of days. And I mean, that's all fine too. And, but when people do ask us about how we got our page to be so big, I just have to say it's been very organic. You know, we don't pay Facebook to do things. We have um, done the odd Facebook ad when we're trying to fill a retreat mm -hmm. or or something like that. But, um, yeah, we've never paid Facebook to, to grow our page or to get – you can do something where you can do an ad to get more likes. We've never done that. We've never done that. Do How much do you post? How, how many times a day are you posting? Well, between Taryn and I, it depends. Sometimes I'm really prolific. Sometimes I – like I – when I'm really trying to avoid everything else I'm supposed to be doing. Um, I'd say always there's, if I went back through every day for the past now six years, I would be surprised to find seven or eight days where we hadn't posted, honestly. Um, so we post every single day, at least once, maybe twice or three times, but generally I'd say the average is about five times a day. Mm -hmm. throughout the day and evening and you know we have we have an international following so we I schedule posts now as well because I want our Australian and our, our friends over in Europe and in the UK to be able to have kind of fresh content that's coming through their feed and so yeah you know I guess probably an average of five but generally try to get eight or ten out a day. Well and what was different about your approach um, aside from the fact that it for women is this concept that we're all recovering from something, you know, rather than so much of the sort of media or whatever you want to call it, the work around this is, you know, it's about drugs and alcohol, usually you sort of open it up and say recovery is something, you know, to you is, is everybody in recovery from something? Yeah, we're all recovering from something. We have 10 intentions and guiding principles. And that's kind of the overarching principle, right? It's uh, I, I would say that 80% of our following, whether that be on Facebook or in our retreats or even in our coaching program, about 80, and this is, I've, you know, I've monitored this, about 80% are in recovery from substance use um, disorders, whether that's alcoholism or, you know, disordered um, drug use. And um, the other 20% is made up of people who are perhaps recovering from codependency or from self-harm or from other process addictions, gambling. Uh, workaholism, shopping, all those types of things as well. You know, people who are um, recovering from abusive and narcissistic relationships really mm -hmm. resonate a lot. And of course, nobody's really recovering from just one thing either, right? It's not, we're all recovering from something. And it, in, a, in a way, it's like we're all recovering from many somethings, right? It's, I don't know too many people who can say, well, ah, yes, I was an alcoholic and that was the extent of it. That's the only thing I ever struggled with. 
Right. And as Mickey actually just said, co-occurring. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Common. Um, yeah. You know, what that, that means for, for people who, who aren't familiar with that term is basically yeah. somebody who's suffering from alcoholism and, and, or addiction, as well as some other mental illness like depression, anxiety. Yeah, um, depression and anxiety, big, like really big in our community as well. But again, a lot of, you know, a lot of people who identify as, as being in recovery from substance use disorder also identify as having either one or both of those um, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And somebody had asked earlier about... Um, about anonymity mm-hmm. where I just had this conversation with somebody earlier today uh, wh- where do you stand on that um, you know you and I are both public about how long we've been sober people ask yeah. us about this all the time what's your final yeah. word you know what I feel really strongly that we have to recover that we have to recover out loud I think that that's just part of uh, being a human in recovery it- it's my it's my obligation to recover out loud. And that doesn't mean that I have to go around talking about which 12-step program I belong to. I don't say which program I belong to. I don't even say if I'm going to meetings these days. I mean, I don't really have to make a big deal about it. Um, but I do really feel, and that's, again, that's kind of, we've got that we're all recovering from something. And then the final um, intention guiding principle is when we're ready, we recover out loud so that women who are struggling can find and join our tribe. And yeah, for me, I just said recovering out loud doesn't mean going on Facebook Live or Be Live or whatever it is we're doing here, which I still don't understand, but I'm so excited about. Yeah. You know, it can be like recovering out loud can be somebody you know comes up to you and says, you know what, you know, I think I have a problem with drugs. And they don't know you have anything to do with problems with drugs. And you say, hey, I can talk to you about that because I've been there. That's recovering out loud. I mean, that's all it takes. You don't have to get all public about it. So I think it's really important. Um, you know, the anonymous people movement and our friend Greg Williams, mutual friend, it's like it's just so groundbreaking to have, be having these discussions. I think that God bless 12-step programs, but we cannot continue to hide in church basements and not vocalize the fact that 12-step programs or other avenues, and, and in particular, I you know, really do promote there's so many other different ways as well. Yeah. We have to get out there and tell people this is possible. We have to show them what recovery looks like. How else are we ever going to deal with the stigma associated with um, addiction? It's just not going to happen until we yeah. start recovering out loud. I, so the I, anonymity piece, sorry, just to tie that off, is I absolutely respect all of the traditions of 12-step programs. And, uh, you know, I, so I don't go around speaking as if I am this uh, representative of a particular 12-step program. Um but yeah, there's there's kind of there's no law and there isn't even a tradition against me saying that I'm in recovery. Right. And uh, the problem, I think, with some 12 step recovery advocates is that they think that 12 step recovery owns recovery so that anybody talking about recovery is blowing everybody's anonymity. And I just think that's complete hogwash. I guess I feel yeah, strongly about I think it. It's very, very misunderstood. Clearly, Bill Wilson, one of the co-founders of AA, was very public about his recovery. Um, I think, you know, the entire reason behind why I do what I do is that if before I got sober, I thought it was for, you know, this sort of quintessential, like people in raincoats, smoking cigarettes, like, you know, horribly depressed. If I had known that there were people like you out there or people like Ryan or people like Robin and and Brian and Jay and all the people that are watching, I would have done years before. Yeah. that being said, I completely respect people who don't, you know, who don't aren't writers who live in LA who can everybody expects to be an alcoholic anyway. You know, yeah. not not everybody has that freedom. Yeah. But but I I 
I do think the anonymity concept is very, very misunderstood. I think so too. And, and as I said, I, I don't think that everybody has to take kind of a, a public platform and do things that in, in this way that we're doing it. Um, but I do think that if you've been, if you, if you have given yourself or been given however you want to view it, the gift of recovery, um, how do you not give that back in some sense to somebody else who's seeking it? Uh, and so I just think that, again, if you even just, if you do it one-on-one -on -one or to somebody that you know, or I think that you've, you've met the requirement for recovering out loud. Yeah, I agree. I, um, you know, and, and Mickey has this comment. It's funny, Ryan and I sort of got into, like, as close as we come to getting into a fight about this, the stigma around the word addict. I sort of, I don't, you know, the AP recently released this statement. Oh, I'd love to talk about that with you. Okay, so the AP recently suggested yeah. a month yeah. in July. No, yeah. in June. No, it was a while ago. Said that, you know, journalists should use the phrase person with addiction rather than addict because yeah. that will be stigmatized. I feel that it's actually the work is in changing the perception of the label and not not using the word because the word causes shame. It's like, you know, and my example is sort of when I was growing up, you know, the worst thing you could be was a nerd. Like today we live in nerd culture. If only I was a nerd, I could be like Mark Zuckerberg. Hi. And like Jeff Bezos and like Elon Musk and all of these people. And like, we used to think that people were dyslexic or stupid. Well, Steven Spielberg and John Irving talk about being dyslexic. Like these labels change based on who is yeah. being public about them. Yeah. What do you think? Well, I, you know, I feel pretty strongly about it. I haven't written about it or shared too much about it because I'm still kind of formulating my, my thoughts on it. But I know that there has been, there is a lot of discussion out there in um, Cyber Soberville and around, around the language and, you know, around people, whether or not we should ever embrace, use. Um, and I, I guess for the AP, I think it's great for, for us to tell journalists, don't you impose labels on other people? Like, that apart and, and didn't do the right thing there but I don't think it's fair to just do a blanket you know we should get rid of the term addict or alcoholic um, I just I don't too many like literally too many thousands of people and I know of course that there are actually millions in the world for whom embracing that term is what empowered them and gave them the freedom to live and I just so like I think it's all fine but it's really Oh, no, phones aren't supposed to ring when you're doing Be Live something or other. I'm just going to ignore it. Or what do you do? Like, I don't even know how to turn this thing off. I'll put it in the drawer. It's okay. It's in the drawer. Hopefully we won't hear it. Phone phone? It's a landline, I know. Um, so, yeah, I just, I guess I get, I kind of, I don't get angry because I don't tend to get angry about people having different positions in recovery. There's just so many of us. We all have to be able to bring what we bring to the table, but. I don't, I don't refer to myself anymore. Like the only time I say that I'm an addict or an alcoholic is if I'm in a 12 step meeting where that's actually what I'm supposed to do in there. Mm -hmm. And, and I don't judge Now she's talking. So you can hear her talking in my drawer. Who is that? I don't know. I can't, it's a little, it's a little muffled as you might imagine. But <laughs> so for me, it's like, I think there's a time and a place to use the, the, the labels addict and alcoholic. I don't run around saying I'm an addict. I'm an addict that, you know, or uh, that doesn't, I don't, that doesn't serve me any purpose. That's not really who I am anymore. It's a piece of who I am. Um, but I don't want anybody to ever tell me that I can't, that I can't use that or that somebody else who, who is really being empowered from their association with a program that is literally giving them life. Like let's not take away their right to use whatever term they want to use for themselves. Let's not apply it 
to other people. Let's not call other people that, but like, let's not take it away from people who want to embrace it. Yeah. Um, that's what I think, I guess. I actually completely agree with you. It's yeah, the journalist can't go labeling someone that, but it's sort of like yeah. anything. If you want to call yourself that, feel free. Um, yes. I do call myself that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, so, okay, so so once, going back to the sort of origin of She Recovers, so once the sort of Facebook mania took over, started to do retreats. I think I went on one of your first retreats. Um, you came in 2015, it probably, so we did one, the first one was in Tulum in 2012. We did another one in Mexico, November, 2013, and then another one, November, 2014. And then um, May, 2015, I think was, so yeah, the four, that was the fourth retreat. Yeah. Probably, and we've done um, 15 now, so. Yeah, it was. We just decided. I, oh, anyway, so after I became a workaholic and then I went got into recovery from workaholism and then I went back to work and I started this Facebook page and about five months in, I got laid off. And like I was like, oh, my gosh, now I don't have a job. And they're giving me a year's salary to go and not have a job. And that was really cool, especially since my time off had shown me that I wasn't my job, which was yeah. I thought good timing. If they would laid me off before I hit the wall and lost my mind, I think I would have been in rougher shape. Yeah. Uh, and I went and sat on the beach in Mexico and pondered what I wanted to do next. I decided that I would take a, a recovery coach training course. I wanted to work with women in recovery. It's what I'd always wanted to do. Um, I just went to school for 13 years to do something different. So I didn't feel like at the end of it, I could do what I really wanted to do, which is ludicrous. Um, and so I started taking the coach training and yeah, just sitting on the beach in Mexico decided like, let's try to do one of these. Let's do a retreat. My daughter, Taryn, had become certified in yoga recovery. One of my best friends was living in Playa del Carmen, Mexico, and we decided to put together this retreat just on a whim and just as something to do. And we did that first one in Tulum in November 2012. And at the end of it, nine women signed up for the the next year's retreat, which we hadn't even decided we were doing. Right. Uh, so it just it's kind of it just keeps going. Right now, we do them here on the West Coast. We did one in California. We're currently scouting venues in California to do more in California. I've always wanted to go back there. Um, and we leave one month today. We start the first of three retreats in Bali, Indonesia. So amazing. Which like, blows me away completely. Um, and the retreats are just, you know what they are is um, they're kind of like test cases for what she recovers is about. I always say that these intentions and guiding principles, which are available under uh, about on our, on our website, um, they were created I kind of just put, we published them last November, but they were really, they've been created from everything that everybody's told us on the Facebook page, in our retreats and many, you know, many, many emails to me in all the conversations that I've had with so many women. Um, and so these retreats have really kind of been the, it's almost like I go away, Taryn and I go away and she puts people into these, this deep trance yoga state and they come up with all these, brilliant ideas and observations about women in recovery and what we need and self-care. And then we run away and do something with that. <laughs> so it's really, retreats are quite self-serving. I always say that I still struggle with workaholism, but I am guaranteed three to five to seven times a year to get some time off um, because we go on retreat and the venues that we go to are, are really, really beautiful places with wonderful chefs and we eat well, you know, we eat great meals and enjoy the sunshine and, so it's kind of like it's my it's my own way of making sure that I take care of myself. And then people say, but you're facilitating the retreat. Isn't that a lot of work? And the thing about events and retreats in particular is the work is all leading up to the event. 
Right. Then you get to the event and like you're completely exhausted and you just recover from preparing for the event. I will say the retreat that we did, because people are now asking, Mickey is saying, oh, this isn't working. I'm trying, suddenly showing the comments isn't working. Um, oh, I see Mickey saying Seattle. Yeah, and then someone uh, else saying Minnesota. Lori's asking Minnesota. I remember the retreat that we did. I remember because remember how Melissa and her friend had to take like three planes do you remember oh, Melissa and Lisa? They were coming from Oklahoma, and there was uh, some sort of storm, or what do you call it? Not a storm. What? Um, something bad happened in uh, weather-wise. All I know is that well, anyway, they, were, they didn't get there till the next day. Yeah, laughing and just like I'm like, ah, this is serenity. Okay, yeah. you guys can teach me about how to handle so like travel. They were pretty amazing, and you guys had some sort of thing in you went to some hot tub place what? where you all went I didn't go I just remember that yeah but we, you all came back like absolutely transformed by the experience Cassie I think her name was Cassie um and she was she found out about this yeah this place and we went and we sat in this tub and we got real and like we really oh I forgot about that um you knew her husband Oh, I knew her husband. You realize, Don, I don't remember who I met this morning. So, like, the fact that I'm calling out Melissa and Cassie, like, it's just, um, it's a testament to how fun that retreat was. So, yeah. if you guys don't, um, aren't already, you know, on Don's page and finding out about her retreats, you should, because Jesus Christ, I picked the wrong one. Not going to Bali is all I can say. Um, I, I have a question. I'm showing comments and they're not, are, is anything showing up for you? Yeah, so Leanna just said, and we nap. So Leanna's been to like nine of our retreats, and, she, and she's talking. We do, we nap a lot. And Noel's saying, awesome, I love this show. Thanks, Anna. Are you, are you guys seeing the comments up on the screen? Because you and I can see that. But, um, oh, but Leanna, are you seeing this? Are you, oh, Leanna, how are you going to tell me if you are? She can comment, any of you guys. It doesn't really matter. It wouldn't be yeah. an experience with me if there weren't some serious like, tech mishaps. But I want to get to talking about, well, so obviously, okay, so there's. Oh, Lori said yes. They're fine. We're good. Um, and so you did a huge event in New York. Uh, this yeah. was in May. We covered the New York City in May. And you had, um, you had Gabby Bernstein and Glennon uh, Doyle. And, okay, so they're not seeing the comments. Okay, some people are seeing the comments, some people aren't, but I appreciate your feedback. Um, anyway, that was how many people gathered? In New York? We had there were 500 women. We had our keynote speakers were uh, Gabby, Gla Gabby Bernstein, Glennon Doyle, Elizabeth Vargas from 2020, and Marianne Williamson. We also had Nikki Myers as one of our speakers from Yoga for 12 Step Recovery. She was there speaking about, excuse me, um, codependency. We had six breakout sessions, including Ann Dosett Johnson, the author of Drink, um, Dr. Jean LaCour, who's the person who's developed our recovery coach training program. And we had, you know, topics we were talking, Jen Mateza was talking about sex and recovery. Sarah Roberts talking about sugar. I mean, you know, I hate to leave people out, but now I'm going to because I've just run out of kind of gas on that. Um, it was just an amazing, amazing weekend. And um, yeah, it was something that we want to replicate. We want to do it in da -da 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 -da, Los Angeles. Uh, we're not ready to announce yet, but um, we're thinking towards in this fall of 2018, um, we'll do She Recovers in LA. And who showed up for that announcement? Good old Taryn. Oh, is Taryn there? Hi, babes. You don't see Taryn's comment? I don't. So, so 
in Tennessee. Okay. Okay. People are in the comments. So, and let's talk also about the, the coaching. You and I were chatting about that before we started the broadcast. So you tell people about your coaching program. Yeah. So basically what happened with us is, you know, six years now we've been doing She Recovers since June 2011. And um, for all, from the beginning, people have been getting, saying, like, I want to start a She Recovers something in my community. And we're like, oh, yeah, that would be kind of cool. And then we're like, yeah, no, we can't really do that right now. We don't even know what She Recovers is. <laughs> so in November, when we kind of got to this stage where we could actually define our philosophy with our intentions and guiding principles, um, we, at around that same time, Dr. Jean LaCour, who actually contacted me almost the exact same time as you did, you know, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And she had developed this um, professional life coach and recovery coaching program. She's out of Florida. It's called the IAPRC. Um, it's the Certified Professional Recovery Coach Training Program. And we'd been talking for a couple of years. And I, you know, I had become a recovery coach through a different program that I also loved. But it, it, the one that I did wasn't self-paced, wasn't online. Um, and I really like the self-paced online version. And my sister took the training and really loved it. And then a few other people I knew took it and really loved it. So I started kind of, as I do, you know, just kind of referring people to the training. And then last November at around exactly the same time that we had, we were finishing the Intentions of Guiding Principles, Dr. Jean said uh, on a call that they had revamped their program and she wanted to tell me about it so that if I was talking to anybody about it, I knew what was going on. And somewhere in that conversation, I said something like, out of nowhere, I said, you know, one of these days we'd really like to do a She Recovers coaching program. Maybe we could piggyback on what you're already doing. And like, quite frankly, within 24 hours, we were on calls with our other business partner, Emily, and we were developing this She Recovers coach designation program. And we launched it in February. I was on on my way to the airport to go to New York City for one of our last planning meetings in New York and launched it. Uh, we, you know, we talked about it a lot in May, and we now have, um, I think we have four women, including Leanna Kennedy and Kelly Beck and my sister and another woman here in Victoria who have completed the training. We've got another eight who are going through. So they've done all the recovery coach training, and now they're doing the She Recovers Coach designation program. So there's eight of them doing that module now. And we have another, I can't do math very well, but all told, once everybody's through the program, including our program, we'll have 35 coaches. But we have new people signing up every week, so it's going to keep going. And the idea behind this, and the reason that I really was excited about it, was because now I think we have a vehicle for starting She Recovers um, activities in different cities across North America and the world. We have somebody from New Zealand taking the training right now. Um, oh, am I jumping all over? No, sorry. I was having a computer problem. Keep going. Okay. All over the place. Uh, because now we, so we have people, once they do the training and the She Recovers Coach designation program training, they can then apply to become a local chapter coordinator to start a She Recovers chapter in their cities. I mean, there will be criteria. Not everybody's going to get to do it. Um, there's going to be a process and, and a cost associated with, with getting to the other side of it and, and doing it. And of course, we can't have like 10 in one city. And um, so there will be a process and that's what we're working on. But for us, like we now know that we have a vehicle for um, scaling out She Recovers, taking our philosophy and turning it into action, you know, creating um, meetings and, and groups kind of activities, whether it's a, whether it's a meeting or um, workshops or hiking groups or whatever people, however the coaches want to kind of do it. Um, and we know that the people who will start these groups have a basic, have some basic training in coaching, mm-hmm. in supporting people in recovery, that they have professional life, skills, 
life coach skills as well as professional recovery coach skills. And uh, yeah, so I think that that's, that's what we're really excited about. That's kind of the next growth opportunity for us is, is finalizing kind of this, getting, getting everybody in and through the program and then um, going out and launching these local chapters. We have two local chapters right now that are um, pilot programs. One is in Seattle. Somebody on here said Seattle. Mm -hmm. um, so there is a group in Seattle, and if anybody's from Seattle wants to know more about that, they can email me and I can hook them up with Kelly, our um, She Recovers Signature Coach in Seattle. And then we have another pilot here in Victoria, B.C. Um, and those are the only two pilots right now. Um, but as I said, there's eight women that are right now going through the She Recovers Coach designation. At the end of it, I'm sure that a, you know quite a few of those will apply um, to to start She Recovers chapters in their cities and their places like Santa Cruz, California, Atlanta. That's as much as I can remember. And oh, so Frederick, New Brunswick. Oh, New Brunswick. I just put the URL up for people who are interested in becoming a recovery coach. So that's one link that's on the She Recovers site. And then there is another link if you are interested in hiring. Ah, oh, this is what happened to me before. This, I, uh, Yeah, it's kind of... It's not. Are you there? I swear to God, I'm here. Okay. Um, but we actually do have to get towards wrapping up. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So there's a website. The only thing to remember is don't 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 look for she recovers. Well, if you go she recovers and you Google it, you're going to get our website because we're really high in the Google rankings. But it is .co, not .com, which is a little bit odd. It's a little bit odd. Some stupid person who's not as good as you got the .com, and we don't need to talk about them. <laughs> we don't need to talk about them. Jack's husband told us that .co was the next biggest, greatest thing. That was, well, he is an ex-husband now, so he was wrong about that and a few other things. But God bless <laughs> him. He designed our yoga logo, and we love our logo, so we do love him for that. I will tell you that I got the domain AnnaDavid.com. Even though there's a German singer, Anna David, who is far more famous than I am, I got there first. If she wants it, she's got to buy it from me. Oh, there you go. So, yeah, and so anybody who came from She Recovers, if you want to know more about me, speaking of that domain that I was able to buy, uh, I'm at AnnaDavid.com. Um, I have a coaching program for writers. Don's referred a couple people um, to it. And we're wrapping up this session. I take t 10 people at a time. And one of the 10 gets a meeting with a big lit agent and publisher. Amazing. I'm relaunching in October. I have amazing people in it now. Uh, go to AnnaDavid.com for more info. So Dawn, um, if people uh, want to reach out to you, they should go to the She Recovers site and the Facebook page. Absolutely. Yeah, I think probably the best way to get in touch with me is through email. It's dawn at sherecovers.co. Anybody has um, any interest in coming to Bali with us? We start in a month. We still have a few spots in that retreat. Uh, yeah, anybody interested in the coaching can also email me. And if they're interested in the Seattle or the Victoria local chapter, if she recovers again, just send me an email and I can direct you to the right person. So Leanna is the coach here. She's been on with us this whole time. Um, and yeah, I'll just, I, I will continue to tell people about your coaching program and I look forward to shouting out. I think it's really exciting that you're going to be doing a, a live show this Friday night. And also I'll have to plaster that all over She Recovers. Yes. You want to tell us about that? Yes. Thank you. Who's doing the interviewing, Dawn? Um, <laughs> I have a, a bi-monthly show. It's every other month um, in Los Angeles called Hammered Time. 
and it is storytelling about addiction and recovery. And Ryan Hampton has been Facebook living it. So this last one he put on Facebook Live on his page, it's going to go live on his page. It's uh, Friday night at eight o'clock Pacific time. Um, all, once it's, it's also going to be on my page later, but it's really racy, funny, crazy shit. And it's being made into a, uh, a, a digital series. So you heard it here first. Uh, so Tom, I, I can't wait to see you through more than a computer screen. Yeah. Um, I know. We're coming to L.A. We're going to be there uh, hopefully in October to do some scouting about and uh, maybe do as she recovers. Do one of our workshops there. We have these wonderful day-long workshops that we do. It's kind of a template where Taryn does some beautiful yoga for recovery. I talk about she recovers. We generally have a catered lunch. Do a, you know, and then we'll have maybe we you could have you do there do something. We'll do a, yeah, just usually a really lovely day and an opportunity to kind of for people to come and learn more about us and how they can get involved with this movement. Like, I think that women in recovery are gonna take over the world and She Recovers is not trying to do anything unique. You know, we, we really do view ourselves as like an umbrella over all the really great, wonderful work that's already going on out there. So um, yeah, it's just the more the merrier, that's the way we feel about it. Um, well, and when you come here, just you'll do my podcast, right? We've been talking about this for like three years. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, I'd love to, for sure. Okay. Thanks, Dawn. Thanks to you guys. Thanks. Thanks, Ryan. This is cool. I might have to get in touch with Ryan to ask how to do this. Yeah, ask Ryan. And you guys, every week, we did this one late. Tuesdays at 2 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, I am doing um, a diff interviewing a different person. So come back next week. Great. Okay. And I'll shout that out too, Anna. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye.